Welcome to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. I am Hashim Halbarra. Hundreds of thousands of volunteers in Ethiopia are being enlisted to fight in a conflict against rebels from the northernmost Tigray region. They're being encouraged by Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed announcing he'll lead the battle against a rebel alliance from the front lines. That's as international and regional leaders are calling for a ceasefire to allow a political solution. But even with thousands of people killed by the conflict, both sides are beating the drums of war. And now time for our guest in London, Martin Plot, fellow at University of London's Institute of Commonwealth Studies. In Amsterdam, Jebri Kestos Jebrasilasi, researcher and manager's Drahtcom, a website documenting the war in Tigray. Martin, you must have listened to the Ethiopian Minister for Democratization is basically saying there's absolutely no way to negotiate uh, with the TPLF. How do you see the, the crisis moving forward, particularly with the army suffering major setbacks over the last few weeks? Well, I, I thought what he told you was very interesting. I mean, there are two points that he made which are, are worth recalling. One is that he said that uh, Prime Minister Abiy won an election with 97.8% of the vote. I mean, do you know any genuine democracy, democratic election that has ever been won by that kind of number? I mean, it's, it, it, that alone should tell you that there was something wrong with it. The other thing he, he pointed out was that uh, they have pushed back the Tigrayans on four fronts, and we're only talking about one front. But that in itself is extremely important statement because, I mean, I think it is accurate, uh, not that they are necessarily pushing them back, but that there are five fronts. I mean, for, for a, a military to be, have to contend with five separate fronts that are advancing towards it, or even if that they are holding them, is extremely difficult. And I think that that indicates just how hard it is for the Ethiopian military at the moment. Jebrakistas is quite interesting, the spectacular rise of the TPLF over this year in particular. And one of the questions is basically how did they manage to outperform, outflank one of the best trained armies in the African continent? Well, let's look uh, a little bit into how the war started. So the military was first decapacitated by removing the Tigrayan uh, members of the, uh, the defense forces. We are talking about 17,000 members of the uh, defense forces. These were uh, capable leaders, and they removed them from the uh, uh, defense forces at the beginning of the war. And then they came to Tigray, and in Tigray, the Tigrayan forces withdrew to the mountains, they uh, built their army and they decimated huge divisions of the army there. And then that gave the Tigrayan forces a lot of uh, uh, um, exercise, if you, if you will, and also a lot of uh, weapons and mm -hmm. ammunition. With that, they marched forward. And remember that these uh, uh, Ethiopian forces have basically, they haven't been told why they are even fighting. And they have very different interests. They fight among each other. For example, the Amharas fight with the Ethiopian defense forces. The Eritrean forces have other interests. They also fight sometimes. So it's just a huge assemblage of uh, uh, forces 
that share uh, almost no common goal. And I think that's uh, why they are being defeated in, all, in almost all fronts. Mm -hmm. Martin, do you think that the involvement of the Eritrean army in the conflict was a turning point in the sense that it rallied the anti-establishment, anti-Ethiopian army, anti-Eritrean sentiment among the Tigrayans? Well, it wasn't just the involvement of the, uh, the Eritreans in the actual fighting, and you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, the Tigrayans were hit from the north by the Eritreans and by the, uh, from the east and from the south by the uh, Ethiopian army and the Amhara militia. Plus, of course, don't forget there were also Somali troops, perhaps three to 5,000 troops that also participated. So it was a huge involvement. I mean, what's really interesting now is that President uh, Isaiah Safwerki, the leader of, of Eritrea, is not involved in the war anymore. Now, he could launch his, his military, which are still encamped along the northern part of Tigray, into Tigray. And that would relieve the pressure enormously on uh, Prime Minister Abiy, who is apparently on the front line, uh, although we have seen no images of him on the front line, uh, fighting in the battles that his army are conducting. Now, if he did that, if the Eritreans became re-involved again, mm -hmm. it might change the shape of this war, but at the moment it's not. Jebra Christos, do you think that the fight over this strategic corridor, which is a vital lifeline for Addis Ababa, about 200 kilometers from the capital, could be decisive in a way or another? It could pave the way for the rebels to take over the country, or on the other hand, it could pave the way for Abiy Ahmed to reverse all the gains for the TPLF? Well, that could change, um, uh, I think, a lot. But I don't think it's, uh, uh, I mean, Addis has other options as well. Uh, uh, so it definitely is a big change if they capture it. And I don't know uh, their efforts towards capturing that. I think there have been attempts. But uh, let's remember that the Afar region is a very hostile, uh, flat uh, area, uh, not suited for the type of uh, warfare that the Tigrayans are uh, good at. Um, but uh, I think they're just following the highlands. And so far, I think we have to remember that uh, what they have accomplished is uh, uh, incredible. Let's remember what the minister was saying. Uh, you know, this is going to be kind of like, you know, final thing and that they will uh, reverse, uh, you know, the, mm -hmm. the advances made by the Tigrayan forces. And there's nothing new here because they have been saying the same thing when they were in Tigray, when they were in uh, Waldia, and when they were in the most strate strategic cities of uh, Desi and Kombolcha, and they have been defeated. So I think, um, I don't know what the government uh, uh, strategy here is, and I don't know why Abi thinks that he can change things by going to the front. Okay. And we, like Martin said, we don't know if he's in the front. I think it's also possible to suspect other things, you know, in Ethiopia, there is a tradition of, you know, taking leaders uh, uh, as, uh, you know, as captives, uh, like you put them in a house arrest. And there's, there's a slow, uh, uh, a tradition of slow uh, coup, uh, as we remember from the emperor. So I think we can also suspect other things. But uh, it's, it's really um, clear, or it's, uh, uh, I think, reasonable to assume that the government has lost the war, and it's just in its final desperate uh, uh, ditch towards, you know, changing the advances. But 
I don't see a future okay. uh, for them in this Martin, regard. entire army divisions were completely decimated in the past few months. The TPLF is battle-hardened fighters who, since 1975, they've been on the ground. They were key players in overthrowing the government in 1991, and the rest was history. They were basically involved in every aspect of political security and military life in Ethiopia. Could it be the realization that should happen now within the establishment and Abiy Ahmed in particular, that there's absolutely no way to move forward or have peace in Ethiopia without the TPLF, although they remain a minority? I mean, you're absolutely right to point out this, this as an issue. I mean, at the end of the day, the Tigrayans are not going anywhere. Uh, Ethiopia is, is not going to move into a new area. So it is absolutely vital that in the end, uh, all conflicts end in negotiations. The question is what the terms of the, those negotiations will be. And there has to be some kind of settlement that involves not just the, the Tigrayans, but the Aroma and all the other nationalities that make up Ethiopia, which make it such an extraordinary, rich, diverse, and wonderful country. And, you know, some kind of settlement has to be achieved, but there are really only two visions on, on offer. Mm -hmm. There's the old imperial vision, which says that there's one country and everybody is an Ethiopian who cares about the, the nationality. There's the other uh, option, which was offered by the Tigrayans, which says we are, or we're a federation of ethnicities. And those are the two basic positions that everybody falls into in the end. And, uh, you know, Prime, Prime Minister Abiy started, mm -hmm. shall we say, in one position and moved towards the old imperial position. And I don't know how this is going to be resolved. But in the end, it has to be resolved by the people of, of Ethiopia. There's nobody else that can do it. Jebrakis, and they have to learn to with each other. Mm -hmm. Jebrakistas, do you think that the alliance between the TPLF and the Oromo Liberation Army, the OLA, is tactical just to defeat Abiy Ahmed. It could turn into something strategic that could reach out to different communities in the near future to build a new front against Abiy Ahmed. I think it is um, it's both, I believe. Um, th these two organizations are, have a history and a relationship that go dates back, you know, to uh, really decades uh, ago. Um, the only problem is that they had a very bad relationship when the TPLF was part of the APRDF coalition. Mm -hmm. uh, unless this uh, bad relationship gets in the way, I think they are very much related in how they view Ethiopia. They are uh, federalists they or confederalists. So there's really, if they move from that type of, you know, acrimony, uh, I think there's a chance that uh, they can uh, forge a stronger uh, alliance, and they can bring a lot of other groups in Ethiopia. Let's remember that Abiy Ahmed has a very small base, although he has made it impossible, you know, for these uh, different et uh, ethnic groups mm -hmm. and uh, political groups to express themselves. He has only support in the urban Addis and the Amhara region. I don't think he has much support in other areas. So these two organizations have a huge uh, uh, potential in bringing, you know, all these groups in the rest of Ethiopia towards this federal, confederal type of uh, uh, view and, and vision for Ethiopia. Martin, this is a conflict that could lead to the disintegration of Ethiopia 
if it continues for a longer period. And yet you get this sense that the international community, the Americans in particular, don't seem to be really willing to move forward aggressively to bring all the parties to negotiate a settlement. What more would you expect them to do? Uh, I mean, they have uh, threatened sanctions against the, the Ethiopians. They've already brought in sanctions against the Eritreans. Um, I mean, they're not going to put troops on the ground except to evacuate their own staff from the embassy. Uh, I don't really see what, what else uh, the United States could do. They've worked incredibly hard. President Biden has made this one of his really a major priority for him, way beyond anything that President Trump did. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still hopeful that uh, Ethiopia will be able to hold together as a country. There were voices in Washington that said that it could disintegrate. I think that is not particularly likely. Uh, you know, it would be against the, everything that the African Union stands for. And while it's entirely up to the people of, of, of Ethiopia, Tigray, Oromia, everywhere to make up their own minds, it's not for outsiders to mm -hmm. tell them how to, how to do. I, you know, we can't predict how it will work. I think that Ethiopia will survive, but that's just a gut instinct and uh, based on looking at the past. Maybe it won't. Jebrakistas, what do you think would be the condition that would bring all the factions to accept a political settlement? Well, I think we are in a new uh, uh, era, in a new chapter uh, here. What I think should uh, happen is, and also what the Tigray government has offered, is that there will be an interim government if the Abiy uh, regime uh, falls. Uh, they have also offered it, you know, a negotiated uh, settlement, but it has refused it. But after uh, the fall, they are um, thinking of uh, um, forming an interim government and then bringing all political parties, all uh, interest groups in Ethiopia to deliberate on the future of the country. And I think this is what we can expect here is that Ethiopians will be able to, or, or the different uh, nations and, uh, and groups in Ethiopia will have the chance to really express their vision for Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. And on that basis, I think the future of Ethiopia can be decided. But there is here a little bit of a difference. I think Tigray will be, uh, uh, will, will, will demand a, a, a different treatment. Tigray believes that a genocide has been committed on, uh, upon the Tigrayan people. And I think a referendum will be called on Tigray on whether Tigray will continue with Ethiopia or not. That is what I believe. Um, so that that I'm, okay. uh, so this new chapter will decide the future of Ethiopia. And only events in the future will decide the outcome of what happens in Ethiopia. Martin, 2018, people thought that this young man, Abi Ahmed, would generate momentum, take the nation into new uncharted territory. Now the sentiment is that his reputation has been severely dented by this conflict to the point where many think that his presence will just continue to further undermine stability in Ethiopia. Are you of that view? I think that he is, is, is finished. I, I don't think that there, there's much uh, case for him continuing to play a major role. He's, he's made huge errors. I mean, you, you pointed to what he said right at the beginning of the war. This would be a, a short policing operation. It would be over in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's made huge errors. And, uh, you know, frankly, the Nobel Peace Prize was a ridiculous prize to give him at that stage. But, you know, it may be that power has already actually uh, transferred 
to the uh, Deputy Prime Minister, uh, Demarca McConnell. Maybe he is the real uh, power in, in the land now. We just don't know. And, uh, you know, we'll have to see in the next few few days and weeks what the, what what turns out. But uh, the, the other priority that we haven't mentioned is absolutely vital mm-hmm. that aid gets through to Tigray. There are hundreds of thousands of people that are on the edge of starvation. That cannot be allowed to happen. Martin Plot, Jebre Christus, Jebre Silasi, I really appreciate your insight. Thank you. That's it for the Inside Story podcast. This episode was produced by Mohammed Al Aishi, Osama Aluni, Abdurrahman Warsam, and Paul Taylor. Studio sound was by Aston Goodison. The program was edited by Anna Savage, Lynn Gwynn, and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again on Friday.